Sefer Bamidbar, Harshat Bahalotacha, on racial prejudice. For entirely justified reasons, we tend to see Miriam and Aaron as heroes of the Jewish tradition. Miriam as the prophetess who provided water for the Israelites in the desert, and Aaron as the first high priest from whom all other priests descend, and as a personification of peace, of shalom. At the beginning of Numbers chapter 12, though, we see that great people, of course, also err, and that they must be judged according to a high standard. At the conclusion of Parshat Balotacha, we witness both Miriam and Aaron criticizing Moshe simply because his wife, Sipora, was a Kushite woman. We read, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Kushite woman he had taken into his household as his wife. He took a Kushite woman, they said. God understandably grows incensed, it says, with this act, and Miriam is punished with tsa'arat, stricken with snow-white scales. From here, the Jewish tradition learns of the seriousness of evil speech, lashon hara, and the importance of guarding one's tongue, shmirat lashon. But of course, there is more to it than just that. What else is going on here? For one thing, Kush refers to the same region as Ethiopia, though the rabbinic texts use gematria to read more deeply into it. They say that Miriam and Aaron were jealous of Tzipporah for her beauty and other qualities. Rashi writes, because of her beauty, she was called the Ethiopian, and this woman was pleasant in every respect, referring both to her beauty and her good deeds. And still there is no denying that the plain meaning of the sin here that so deeply angered God is that Miriam and Aaron disapproved of Tzipora's Kushite origin. Avraham ibn Ezra spells it out explicitly. Sipora was black. We know axiomatically that racism is evil, but from the Torah we learn that it is a personal affront to God. Rabbi David Rosen writes, The divine displeasure with their thoughts and speech is purposefully instructive, and the punishment of leprosy as white as snow particularly positive. It is made clear to us that only is prejudice against someone because of their colors offensive to the creator, God's self, but that light color of skin is not at all necessarily advantageous. In this reading, God's punishment packs a particular kind of irony. You think white is so good? We can interpret God as saying, I'll make your skin white with leprous scales. Equally, though, we see from this vehement rejection from God of racial prejudice that it offends God not just in principle, but because it is an offense to God's own reflection in Black individuals. We can learn from all this that while God can see God's image in all people, we mortals are divided by our differences. It's our task, then, to emulate the divine path set by God— of seeing our differences all as reflections of God's unity. While it is the tendency of people to want loyalty to their own race and own tribe, God makes it clear here at the formation of the Jewish people that we will need to operate differently. Moshe, in this parsha, exemplifies that. 
Immediately after the attack from his brother and his sister, the Torah tells us, Now Moses himself was very humble, more so than any other human being on earth. Moshe saw no need to stand up and assert himself as loyal to his own origins. Perhaps the assertion he took, married, a Kushite woman, did not even register to him as the insult it was intended to be. We might further understand the Torah as saying that embracing racial diversity is a sign of the humility demonstrated by Moshe. One can arrogantly lift one's own identity above others, whatever their race or identity is, seeing inferiority everywhere. But with humility, one doesn't privilege one's own identity while diminishing others. One sees godliness in all people. This is necessary, we learn, so that we don't create God in the image of our own race. But we see all races as being created in the image of God. From our values, we know that different cultures all offer something unique to the world, and they should be learned about and respected. What is not unique to a particular culture, however, is human dignity. That is universal. When we look at Jewish culture today, we still see Ethiopian Jews, Yemenite Jews, Ashkenazi Jews, Persian Jews, Sephardic Jews, Bukharian Jews, and many more groups, all with their own traditions and interfaces with other cultures, Jewish and Gentile. What a special reality it is that being a Jew has nothing to do with the modern concept of race. People can convert in and people emerge from all different colors and cultures. And we should see racism as an affront not only to that individual and population, but an affront toward God. I believe we are called to take action on this in concrete ways. One way that hits close to home is that all in the Jewish community need to feel respected, and no one should be treated the way Tzipora was. When coming across a Jew of color, we should all know better than to ask, what's your story? You don't look Jewish. How did you get here? Sipura was a black Jew, and we should understand that Jews of color still face prejudice today. Further, we must see the Torah's call to fight against racial prejudice in the world. The disadvantages that people of color face are well documented. Even if we for a second ignore systemic problems, such as generational wealth disparities, if a black person and white person submit identical resumes for a job posting, the white person is 50% more likely to get an interview. This should infuriate us the same way God was enraged at the disparaging comments about Sipura. Correcting these sins might feel unpleasant to many white people at first. When Miriam was punished, Moshe was famous, famously cried, Oh God, please heal her. But his protest was not accepted. And God responded, let her be shut out of camp for seven days, and then let her be readmitted. Racial prejudice is old indeed, we learn from the Torah. We also learn that undoing it requires real purifying work. Shabbat Shalom.